0: glass, ice, pour. Hello, friends, and welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles-Brown. Joining me on the show today is my good buddy, Michael Kinsman. What's up, man?
1: Hey, uh,
0: quite a bit, actually. Uh, It's great to be back on your show. I appreciate you making the time, man. I know you've got a lot of things going. And, uh, you know, the last time you were on the show, we just kind of talked about a lot of stuff. Which I'm noticing is a trend with me. Um, I, I I like Same to here. take my guests by the hand, and uh, and we take quite a walk uh, with one another. So we did that a lot last time, which was great. Um, but I'm excited to have you back this time to talk about starting a business or starting something uh, in yeah. the time of a pandemic, uh, because you have uh, recently come out of the gates with uh, with a new organization. Um, so I'm excited to to have you talk about that. So uncomfortable. Common Voices Collective is the name of your new organization, and when uh, when would you say you guys officially like launched and became like a thing?
1: Yeah, well, we officially launched. Uh, you know, we officially started our jobs. Me and uh, the other Mike, who is my uh, director of operations here, uh, we officially started on November first. Uh, but this was. Uh, several months actually in the making, even before the pandemic hit in mass, uh, conversations were being had to start something uh, new and different, uh, which we have here at Uncommon Voices Collective.
0: Yeah. So so I love that. I love that you set the table and said, oh yeah, we started here, but we started actually a long time ago because that's really where... Uh, we want to get into kind of some of these reasons of talking about, you know, why would like, why now? So I would love that. So let's talk about some of these early, early conversations. What were some of those conversations like when you and was it just you and the other Mike? Was it you and uh, some other people? What did did some of those early conversations look like?
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, there's several series of conversations, actually. Uh, So going back to, I'll I'll actually go back to January, just it's because just how crazy this thing started for us. Uh, so I uh, I actually got laid off from a job in January, mm-hmm. you know, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, really, really took me for a whirlwind. And then, uh, funny enough, so the next day, uh, the next day I went to a chapel service at Fuller Seminary where we both got our, uh, you know, master's degrees. And uh, one of uh, my wife's mentors, actually, who is this amazing artist who has, you know, just accomplishment on top of accomplishment but it's also just one of the most amazing humans i've ever met um, named mako fujimura he sat next mm. to me uh in the chapel and he noticed that something was off and he like had compassion on me and like prayed for me uh, but then he actually he invited me to this other guy's house uh you know in, in south kind of near south pasadena uh and he said, Oh, we're putting on an, an art, uh, thing, uh, you know, at the end of the month where we're talking about Kintsugi, which is this, this art about bringing broken and shattered pieces back together to form, uh, you know, bowls and plates and stuff. It's really, really beautiful. Talk about about a
0: metaphor right there. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah. I mean, God was speaking in that moment for sure already just through the metaphor, but, uh, and so, you know, uh, and he said, yeah, I had already invited your wife. And so you, you know, you should, you should go to this thing. Uh, you know, funny enough, you know, Brianna ends up getting sick with, you know, the flu or something, um, this is before COVID. And so she's not even able to go. So, you know, the oh, and wow. so it's just me going to this random guy's house. And then, uh, we, we actually, we hit it off over our mutual love of Really great wine. And so we just kept talking and talking for hours, even after this event ended. Uh, And then uh, a couple days later, I get a Facebook message in my inbox saying, You know, you should come to this thing I'm holding at my house. It's the guy, you know, um, that I just met super randomly, Um, you know, wasn't even actually invited by him to his house. Uh, And uh, he said, You know, we're we're bringing a bunch of uh, other. Uh, people and we're talking about some really, you know, some great uh, things. Talking about our passions, talking about our experiences in, you know, the business world and the church world and ministry world and all these other things. And so, both me and, and my wife uh, went to his house because, well, she's a rock star in her own right. Uh, shout out, Brianna. She Kingston. sure is. My yeah. spouse is sure amazing. Is. Yeah. Um, and so we we went back, and then we we found ourselves uh, among. Uh, People like Mako and uh, founder of Copa Vida, Steve Chang, and several other, uh, you know, uh, Brian Chung from Alabaster, who started Alabaster, uh, the beautiful Bibles. And so we we just found ourselves there. And uh, among this group of really astounding entrepreneurs, we, you know, we were talking about our passions and they were talking about their passions. And then Daniel and some of the other guys uh, there were, you know, we're talking about, okay, Well, wait, wait a second. This is, this is what kind of the church should look like, right? Mm -hmm. People talking about their lives and their passions and how God has met them in that kind of middle space, that meeting ground. Uh, You know, why don't we start a church or something? And Daniel was like, yeah, I I could fund you and do all these things and we could make it happen pretty, you know, just matter of factly. And I was just kind of blown away, you know, uh, Couple weeks after you know getting laid off, and I was gonna say, how this,
0: close was this, this to you? Like, yeah, couple weeks. And, the, wow. and
1: this guy is just like talking about starting a new thing, and um, you know, so we keep talking about it, uh, and then a pandemic hits, and everything, of course, is put on hold, you know, you can't be together, all these things. Uh, and so So how'd those
0: conversations change? Yeah, what, what, yeah, so we just completely
1: almost completely just stopped talking uh, at all just because the pandemic has hit. You know, we were adjusting to the new realities for each of us. Yeah, I got a a temporary gig at uh, a different church in in Pasadena doing some part time work with their youth, uh, to kind of, you know, help make ends meet amid the exactly what I most chaotic moment in my life and most lives. (laughs) Yeah, and so. Um, we were doing that, you know, staying afloat by the grace of God. We were able to, um, again, my rock star wife was a big part of that happening. Um, Same. So credit where it's due, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were doing that. And then, you know, I, I felt this kind of stirring in August, uh, you know, kind of telling me, you know, because I was thinking, oh, it was a terrible time to start anything. Right. And then I just felt this like, you know, this this voice speak to me and say like, this is the perfect time to start something because what are people looking for now more than right. any other time in our lives? They're looking for connection. Right. And, uh, because this, this huge void and vacuum of not being able to be together has left us, uh, and a large, you know, large amount of people just longing to be together. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I approached uh, Daniel again and about, you know, this this possi- poss- possibility of doing something together. And we started conversations and uh, come to find out that he'd been uh, kind of loosely affiliated with this other guy, Mike Bain, who um, actually okay, was, went in. Yeah, I was wondering how yeah, you, so he, you met Mike. He, he actually, he went into interview for Daniel's company, A Million Dollar Baby. Uh, hmm. And, uh, you know, cause he, he was also a pastor, but he was, he felt the, the, the push towards something different. Mm-hmm. So he, he through a couple connections did that. He actually met Daniel like several years ago on a like trip to Israel, uh, just oh, of, wow. you know, randomly. And then, um, you know, and then Daniel uh, brought us together and he said, yep, we're, we're going to start here. I've got a space. Let's go do something with it. And so uh, a couple of months later, we start in November and, you know, the, the thing evolved from what we thought was going to be this this type of church plant, um, which, you know, I, I still think of it as kind of a church plant because of its emphasis on community and connection uh, and kind of, you know, right. content and and community is where the church of, you know, the 21st and eventually 22nd centuries, that's where we're going, right? Sure. And so that's kind of how I think of it still a little bit, but we're also, you know, putting out lots of lots of different content. We're, you know, going to be starting a magazine here uh, with our first uh, issue out in April or May, going to launch a Kickstarter for that. Uh, and you know, we're, we've got two different podcasts right now under the, uh, the collective cast is what it's called. Uh, we have two, we have a political podcast called the update where we take a look at politics from a, uh, unbiased, uh, perspective, trying to bring people together, uh, through empathy and the use of facts and data. And then we have uh here's what streaming where we break down, you know, streaming films and TV shows from a, a communitarian perspective. So we're looking at family units, communities, and then the society as, as a whole and how they function in those things. And, wow. you know, lots of other different YouTube series. Uh, you just mentioned before we hopped on here, uh, we just released an episode of of something called LA Eats, which is a short little YouTube series where I go around and tell the stories of different food spots in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're emphasizing lots of different areas and categories, uh, really trying to tell stories as best we can. And we got, you know, this is, this is our like second full month, uh, you know, go get getting to go here, uh, officially. And, uh, we've got a lot in store for the future as well.
0: Yeah, man, it's all sounds really exciting. So you, you are kind of like a pastor ish, you know, uh, your partner, Mike is kind of like a pastor ish. I'm a pastor ish. Right. You know, yeah. I always tell people, my new thing now is I tell people I'm a pastor, but it's not what you think. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of like my, my caveat. Yeah. Um, so, so you, um, you kind of still see this as like, uh, like a figurative church plant. What, yeah. um, what sort of aspects of community do you feel like you're trying to highlight when you're, when you're picking your projects, you know, what, what are, you know, are you trying to tell individual stories, the community stories, you know, what, what, what kind of lens are you looking at things through?
1: Right. So, uh, again, you know, like you mentioned just there in the question, it, it all starts with community and it all starts with story. So I'm looking at all kind of different uh, subsets of culture from uh, media to food to entertainment to politics to education. And these are all you know areas that we're going to cover in our magazine, too. And I'm looking for, OK, so what's the story here and how does how does that story and a series of other stories come together to form a community? Or come mm-hmm. together to form ideas and opinions, and uh, you know that are formative in our collective, uh, in our collective story together. And right. so, you know, uh, you know, coming off of you know postmodernism to now, you know, what can be seen as kind of this post-postmodernism, or uh, even post-Christian, you know, uh, time period. Which you know, I don't really care what time period we've been established as. You know, Mm -hmm. that's less, uh, you know, defining for me than, like I mentioned, is the stories that we get to tell. And so uh, I, my, one of my just core passions is just getting, uh, you know, finding different platforms, finding different stories and then using whatever platforms I may have at my disposal and lifting up those different stories so that they can tell their necessary story. I you know I don't really need to tell my own particular story uh, all, all that often. I you know I, I'm a white dude with privilege who has a job that he loves and you know somehow has resources to to tell stories And so my focus is primarily on you know giving the mic, uh, giving the platform to others whose stories really need to be told and need to be distributed, so people can hear them, can feel inspired by them, can uh, you know resonate with them in their own uh, lives and stories, and so that's kind of my focus uh, generally and definitely now specifically with Uncommon Voices Collective.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I imagine that when you're probably talking with. Daniel and you're, you know, talking with Mike in these early meetings when, you know, you you have a, a general idea of what you're shaping out uncommon voices collected to be, and then the pandemic comes and those conversations start to shift and people are imagining what gathering looks like different. We're reimagining community. I imagine um, being able to convey your passion in in the manner that you just did is helpful to to kind of bring people on. So I think Hope you so. know, well. <laughs> Well, my point is, yeah. my, my point is not to just give you a pat on the back, though I love to do that, <laughs> um, but to also say my the thing that I'm getting at is because we're talking about starting something and we started something. I started Proximia, um, you know, a few months before you launched on Common Voices Collective. And, um, I remember that uh, feeling uh, apprehensive moving forward like uh, with with everything that was going on, but also realizing that this is kind of just the time to start um, moving forward and that my passions really aren't gonna change if I wait a year. You know, uh, the pandemic didn't shift the fact that I'm passionate about really networking, connecting and bringing people together. And I'm also passionate about just like starting crazy ideas and and getting things off the ground, um, for people that, that might sound silly, but like, you know, I think there's something to be said about, um, about like just sticking with it. And and I think, you know, for, for you and I, in this time where we're starting something that we're passionate about, when we're talking with our team, you know, just having that foundation of this is my passion, no matter what the reality that we're surrounding, I still want to do these things. So yeah, I think it's great that we bring that to our, to our team. So, so people who are thinking about, you know, maybe how do I take that step now? Here we are a year into the pandemic and we kind of know how things are going and if they're like, man, I still feel like I kind of want to start something, you know, these, these initial conversations that you're having, where you're just talking about your passions, I think, I think that's really, that's really, really important. Um, so I love to, you know, so you have, you have a lot of content that's coming out, but the next, the next kind of big thing that will be regular content is, is a magazine. Um, I would love to, to kind of hear that because I, I don't really hear a lot about people like bringing up magazines right now. You know, it's a, it's something that's, that I think is really unique. So I would love to hear, you know, kind of the, the thought process behind that and what people can expect from that monthly.
1: Yeah. So we, the, the concept for the magazine came from, uh, Daniel and his desire to put something beautiful, uh, like a centerpiece onto people's tables. And it became a kind of a a canvas for us to, you know, paint with our, our content, you know? Uh, so we want to make sure that people have access to our stuff digitally and, uh, you know, and also in, in a hard copy format. Uh, but we're also having, we're also bringing in a lot of, uh, writers and other contributors for, you know, fresh articles, stuff happening with their, uh, with, with the magazine, uh, specifically, uh, we're also, you know, putting out uh, a contest section for people to submit their own articles, uh, where they can actually submit articles for us to publish, uh, for a price for a fee, uh, our- you know, if we decide to choose them. So that's, you know, anyone out there listening to this and you are, you know, really passionate about something uh, that's, uh, you know, that begins with facts and data and then push it and then, you know, has a really great story element to it, you know, please uh, submit uh, via our website, which just went live today, actually. Yeah, I was
0: gonna talk about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, the magazine is just kind of another format, but a, a beautiful one that we're looking to, uh, you know, use the aesthetic of, you know, uh, black, white, gray, monotone colors to kind of emphasize our, our key kind of uh, mission, uh, which is to to really, uh, you know, depolarize and care for our communities uh, through our content. And so we're, we're really looking to, uh, you know, use the magazine, um, as not just this beautiful piece, but is it, it's supposed, it's going to be a beautiful piece that you can put on your center table that your friends can come by and look at and see, Oh, well, that's beautiful. Okay. So what's, what's, what's in there? Oh, look at all this content. Oh, it's got food recommendations and it's got articles. Mm. Um, and you know, you can, it's something that can, you know, uh, you can read and, and think deeply about things. Um, and so, like you know, style type magazine. Yeah. 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 And so Food,
0: culture, maybe yeah. like other mediums of so expression many. play, you know. Yeah, uh,
1: we. Yeah. yeah. So we. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have each of the kind of uh, eight subsets of culture that we're working on and have been working with to put out content uh, kind of born out of this uh, this article Um By or I think it was actually a book by Sky Jatani, who is uh, kind of one of our looser partners um, and and a theologian who's, uh, you know, has several podcasts and other content you can uh, find out there. Uh, But really just focusing on each of the different areas that impact us as human beings and, Mm -hmm. you know, writing really great content, putting forward really great content that people can, you know, purchase and be proud of that purchase uh, moving forward. But it it's not just for the sake of consumption. It's also for the sake of community. And so we're, we're really, we're trying to, you know, like any other, like great storytelling media company, we're really trying to bring these stories to the forefront uh, so people
0: can, um, you know, look outside of themselves in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think back to like um, projects that you used to have to like cut out magazines. When you were a kid, you'd make like a collage of different things. And I, uh, so I think it's great that, um, you're creating something that's visually stimulating because, uh, for for one, it's a, it's something that people will want to gather around, you know? And so I envision, um, you know, you you have connections with art. So possibly like a nice art piece on the front, uh, or, or, Mm -hmm. uh, some intriguing photography, you know, uh, then with, with articles and different things in there would be something that people would, would want to gather around and talk about. And Hey, we, we read about this restaurant in a, in a magazine, we should all go there. Um, when it's, you know, uh, when, when it's allowed to do such things like that. So that's great. I think now, now is the time to, um, to, I think kind of just have these things going, you know, I mean, the, the, the sort of avenues for creating new ways of life and new ways of doing things, or even revamping old ways of doing things that, that we've gotten away from, I think now is really a great time to do that, you know? Um, I think it's 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 unbelievable. I was just reading a statistic that um even just podcasting, you know, everyone talks about like, oh, podcasting is so dead and and it's such, right. such a an oversaturated market. I mean, the number of listeners uh, that that are uh, finding new podcasts is growing exponentially year in and year out. And I think uh, the numbers right. have doubled uh, in just a few years of people who are now turning to podcasts as a new uh, form of media consumption. So, you know, I have always been a a proponent of starting something, and and I talk about, um, and maybe you can maybe talk about like where, where you f- fall in line with this. But I think about uh, this concept of a blue ocean, right? So so a red ocean is a is where a lot of competition is, right? Starting a sports drink, uh, <laughs> you know, there's so like a red ocean. A blue ocean, um, a blue ocean idea would be starting. Uh, a nutritional beverage that has extra electrolyte enhancement. You know what I mean? Uh, where you're selling the same thing, uh, as a sports drink, but you're, you're repurposing and rebranding it into your own thing. Mm. Um, so you're, you're kind of becoming your own market, if you will, or or finding your own, Yeah. yeah. Kind of creating your, creating your own niche. Where, where do you feel like you all um, find yourself in that where you're sort of carving out your own corner of the marketplace that, that maybe didn't exist before?
1: Yeah. So I I think definitely one of the areas we're trying to do that is uh, in the area of, of politics. uh, Actually, Uh, Mm -hmm. we are, uh, you know, a lot of our content is going to be political by nature, but it's not going to be partisan Um, not to say that uh, we're not going to talk about issues that are Controversial because that is like that's what we believe is part of our mandate. It's to talk about controversial things <laughs> in ways mm-hmm. that actually you know invites community rather than you know walls off to to more community and and you know uh, we, we're we're talking about politics in a way that isn't you know catering to extremes uh, but also isn't about you know centrism. It's not mm-hmm. about pragmatism. It's about. Uh, Story. It's about empathy. It's about dignity and it's about facts. So, we're talking about facts in a way that um, hopefully we can invite multiple people from across the spectrum, uh, people who can uh, hear our podcast, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or progressives or conservatives or anywhere in between or outside of our, you know, weird political constructs. Uh, And so, we believe that that's a niche, you know, that, you know, there aren't Media outlets like that who uh, are trying to, you know, emphasize the story element and not trying to emphasize partisanship. And mm-hmm. uh, we're really, you know, we're not see. We don't have an agenda. We don't have an agenda at all with with this, uh, except to uh, create and care for community uh, amid these like political uh, areas which do matter to each of our lives, mm-hmm. but don't need to dictate. Uh, you know, you know, how we treat one another, uh, Mm -hmm. necessarily. So in other words, uh, you know, a a tax bill by a a president or a Congress that disagrees with your particular party, uh, you know, doesn't have to be a a place necessarily where we're just automatically divided, but Mm -hmm. can be actually a meeting place where we talk about these things in ways that care for and dignify uh, others and ourselves Dignify our opinions and our like you know closely held beliefs, whether they're strong or or held loosely, um, in a way uh, that uh, we believe can uh, lead towards uh, you know stronger communities uh, rather than uh, divisive communities. And so that's that's one of the key kind of niche blue ocean areas that we're we're seeking to to, to hit upon. Um, and then another is really this this idea of of storytelling uh, in, in the form of, of digital plus content, which I'll, I'll talk mm-hmm. about here. Uh, so we, we have kind of three main areas, uh, print, digital, and digital plus. And so we've got our print magazine, we've got our digital content out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. But uh, the idea is to evolve into a digital plus format as well. So some of our digital content actually forms a basis for uh, micro micro communities. So it'll kickstart them. Uh, you know, you know, as a pastor, one of the things Mm -hmm. I, you know, care mostly about or really passionately about is, is community. And so if we can create, you know, communities out of this content, out of, uh, hopefully this, this content, which, you know, begins conversations rather than, you know, it's, ending mm-hmm. them uh, right then which is the goal here uh then because we lead we believe it leads to learning and empathy and dignity and all those things which are, are so central to us uh, then we believe uh, that community is the natural result of that and healthy community at that
0: yeah i agree and i think it's such a good use of the role of a pastor as someone who can stand in the gaps and mediate like the 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 shit I can say shit. It's my podcast. I I did. I tried <laughs> sure. so hard not to swear on your podcast, but it's, I forget it's mine. So I can swear.
1: That's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: You can say shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's uh I think we're in a we're in a time right now where uh where pastors and I think specifically white pastors like you and I just yeah. like get get the muck boots on uh and and really just kind of stand in, in gaps for for people in mediate conversations. And I think I think you're right in that um not many folks, you know, it's not necessarily I mean, it is it is popular, and, and I think there's one pastor that I know, a guy named Colby Martin, who um, he invited someone of, of different political uh, views than him to come on his uh, show, and they recorded it, and he talks about it, and it's by far his most viewed uh, piece that he's put out recently, so I think there's definitely a, a market for people who want to see respectful conversations, you know, um, I think about the, I think about the political debates, how they were sort of hyped up like UFC matches, you know, where where it was, there was like, you got to see Trump versus Biden to whereas, um, if it were more, um, uh, president Trump, versus uh you know Senator Biden at the time uh having a respectful conversation as two political opposites, um, then I think, you know, the world or excuse me, the country would have been in, and the world, I guess ideally would have been in for a more clear picture of what right. what we could have expected from both parties going in. So um so I think it's great that you all are are doing that. And I think, you know, it's good that it's two pastors, <laughs> you know, coming in at one things. And I think that's the unique thing about about Proximia, you know, we're starting a network and it's like, okay, you know, what makes that unique? And the unique aspect is why well, I'm a pastor uh and, I, and I'm, you know, kind of bringing this pastoring viewpoint, this pastoring lens um, to, to, to the project. And I, I was talking with, um, I was talking with someone recently about um how, you know, just sort of like the role of the pastor is is undervalued in that just having the presence yeah. of someone who calls himself a pastor, who works in a pastor role in a in a tense situation really diffuses a lot of things. You know, I imagine if you were to have pastors mediate more conversations um, they, they they there would be a, a lot more resolution to some really tough conflicts. and and this is not to go against pastors who love to teach. I love to sure. teach. Really, I do. I love to teach, but I do think that there's been a um, there's been a really emphasis on like this teaching pastor role, right? And less and less emphasis put on more of like a shepherding pastor yeah. role, which I think is kind of more of like what you're talking about.
1: Absolutely, and I think to, I mean, you know, when talking about pastors, it's not really a complete conversation until we talk about egos,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. You
1: know, uh, you know, just kind of setting aside for a moment where that conversation is usually talking about male egos and white yeah. male egos at that. But yeah, uh, you know, it's just for us, it's not about us, you know, both me and the other pastor and Mike, we're not, you know, we're not focused on, you know, content that highlights us. We're focused on content that really highlights the stories of others and others, like I mentioned before, who, you know, may have some of the most amazing heart warming or breaking even stories that you've ever Mm -hmm. heard, but just haven't had a platform to tell them. And so, you know, we, we have resources to make that happen now. And we are, you know, we are happy to provide that platform to people who, who want to tell their story. And if that's, especially if that story is going to to lead towards walls being, you know, broken down uh, across divides, across barriers, across extremes, Uh, so that you know community and relationships can form one of the you know it's not you know talked about necessarily often anymore because he passed away but and I guess now she's passed away as well but one of the most beautiful things that I had ever read was this article after uh, uh, Justice Scalia had died um, a few years back on his uh, his friendship with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg Mm. and how they just did not agree on hardly anything and yet they loved each other like brothers and sisters do and without you know a bandit they just they loved each other so so much and it wasn't like this thing where you know their politics uh kept them from either talking truthfully about those political stances or uh kept them from loving one another you know yeah and so i just i i I think that's kind of at the heart of what we're trying to do here at Uncommon Voices is you know help to, to bridge some of those gaps so that people hopefully can start seeing other people as people rather than mm-hmm. enemies or foes or ideas that need to be defeated, but instead could see people as the human beings with stories and complicated lives and backgrounds and you know all of this other stuff that p- they have lived through and have been taught mm-hmm. their whole lives. Uh, you know, that's such a complex situation. Totally. And so often in, in the media and other outlets and across the globe, even, we see, you know, the stuff portrayed as, oh, just it's so black and white. And so we at Uncommon Voices, we we seek to live in that gray space, in that undefined space, in that negative space where uh, you know, we we can hold the ground for people who believe strongly, but we can also hold the ground to have those conversations uh, with people who are just searching, who are yeah. looking, who are, who have a story to tell and just need an audience and a platform.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I think um, we're guiding, you're trying to guide people towards empathy is what I kind of mm-hmm. hear you saying, you know, um, absolutely that ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. I just finished a great parenting book called the whole brain child in the uh, they, One of the authors coined this term mindset and mindset is really just learning about empathy and where empathy lives in your brain. So I think that's, I think that's great. Um, you mentioned that you, um, uh, you mentioned Alabaster, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. um, and their, their founder. So, you know, this Christian entrepreneurs, Christian, the word Christian and then the word entrepreneur, you know, that's, that is, that's a blue ocean. I mean, if we're talking about something that you don't hear very much, so, so, I mean, I, you, I would consider myself a Christian entrepreneur. I would consider you, what you're doing a bit entrepreneurial and you, you've shared stories of, of Christian entrepreneurs. So I would, you know, I know that you have, you have the story uh, of, of Brian and Alabaster on, on your YouTube channel right now, you know, give us a little snapshot into that, you know, what was that conversation like and, and did you all get into kind of like this idea of being a Christian and also being an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you you can uh, go to our YouTube page or our website to to check that video out. Uh, it's part. Of, it's actually the first video in our series called Stories of LA, where we actually we have been going around to, to various spots like uh, and companies and organizations like Alabaster. We also went to Rosebud Coffee in Pasadena, um, and and you know several other things in the pipeline as well. Um, but but really, you know, I, I mean, you talk about blue ocean. Uh, it's it's really blue, it's blue ocean to find a Christian entrepreneur. And it's really, really niche to find a Christian entrepreneur, uh, like they, you know, they are over at Alabaster, who really try to run things ethically and with as much dignity and beauty as possible, um, which we're also trying to to do. And, uh, you know, cause there are lots of Christian or Christian-y companies out there, but there aren't many who, uh you know, walk the walk, you know, they, they can talk about, oh, we're Christian and we uphold these principles and do these things. But so often you see them, you know, treat their employees with, uh, you know, so much disrespect, like they're just robots and, you know, they value so much their production over the actual person. And so it's, it's really beautiful to find stories like Alabaster and then actually, you know, Million Dollar Baby, Daniel's company, who, who really focus on uh, the whole person as, you know, being part of the company and the organization. Um, and you know, that's, that's definitely something we're, we're trying to emulate here at Uncommon Voices too, as we grow and expand, um, you know, ourselves and our reach, uh, out there. And so, uh, you know, again, it, it comes down to empathy and dignity and, you know, mm-hmm. facts, data, production, dist- all those things are, are really important too. Um, but you, you really start to have a different conversation once you fill those spaces with, with, uh, you know, care for the actual whole person. Um, not yeah. just the person you see from nine to five, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I t- I totally get that, man. That's like the whole idea behind proximia. It's like, we're Christians on Sunday morning and that's it. You know what I mean? Like why, you know, we're in this foyer and we're just, yeah, we're great. Everything's good. I'm solid. Everything's, everything's popping. Everything's great. But then, you know, for me, I wake up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just like, I'm not great, man. And, and even before I just stepped into the church for you some days I'm like I'm not great. So, yeah, really just getting yeah. down to the fact that especially right now when the the pandemic's really exposed that like wow, a lot of us haven't been great and we've been putting on fronts for a long time. So, yeah. I think that's really great. Well, um so next month, uh we again, we made it through January. Thank God. <laughs> Almost. Almost. We're (laughs) we're pretty close. We're pretty close. By the time this episode comes out, we'll have made it through January. Um, Fantastic. So, Next month is uh, Black History Month, and you all have some absolutely powerhouse content lined up for Black History yeah. Month. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> give, give us a taste. What? Who? Are, who are some of the people we have lined up, and what are some of the stories or some of the? Oh man, is it, are you doing videos? Are going to be podcasts? Yes. What's it going to be?
1: All of the above. Uh, all of the above. So we actually, we, uh, I'll highlight a couple. I don't want to give too much away. Mm. Um, we're, we're working with uh, September and Ivan Penn, uh, who lead uh, The Power of Song. Uh, they are, you know, their nonprofit is for, famous for their Sounds of the Civil Rights uh, production, which they do during normal times. Um, and it's really amazing, uh, really, really amazing uh, picture of music and civil rights and and what those things can come together to accomplish um, and really highlighting some of the amaz- amazing stories that have, uh, you know, led us to where we are today and then hopefully will lead us to where we're going moving forward Um, So we're working with them on some specific Black History Month content, uh, you know, uh, very series uh, level. Uh, So we'll be putting uh, stuff out every week with them and also having live events as well. Oh, wow. Uh, So people can come and join. Uh, Some people uh, involved are uh, actually Dr. Claiborne Carson from Stanford, who heads up uh, as the director of their MLK Institute at Stanford, is going to be involved. Uh, Dia Jenkins is going to be involved. Um, who runs wow. DS Studios? Uh, we have, uh, and then we have a a just you know kick-ass spoken word poet by the name of Christian Page, who actually is really I'm really good friends with from college, uh, you know up in the northwest, uh, and this dude is just amazing. You can go to his website, uh, uh, just look him up via Google Christian Page and see some of his amazing, I'll put his link in the show notes. Yeah. And see some absolutely amazing uh, content, which some of which we're going to highlight, but he's also doing an original piece for us, uh, which is going to debut in the final uh, week of February. And so, uh, yeah, we are super, super excited to highlight uh, and lift up these black voices, which, you know, deserve to be lifted up every month of the year, let alone just during black history month. So uh, we're, we're really excited to tell those stories.
0: Yeah. So what was the process like in, in kind of curating this content? Like maybe start us walking through the process. Like how did your team decide what you wanted to put together? And then what did it look like sort of assembling the people that you now ultimately have to do this stuff for you?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, as far as content curation goes, we, we try really hard to, to kind of listen to, uh, kind of what people are looking for during each time period that we're releasing things. Um, we're also looking to, uh, you know, and there's also some like dead space, um, like in, you know, uh, January or April that we're, you know, hitting with some of our brand new original content, like stories of LA. And we've got some really cool things coming in, in April too, but we also want to like uh, talk about and showcase things that um, are are, you know, uh, applicable to what people are talking about in the present moment which is why we have Black History Month contests, why we're going to have a uh, actually, a, a poetry series for our uh, March social media series. Uh, we, you know, wow. and a lot of it has to do with like listening to the culture, listening to what's happening, listening to uh, other people that we are connected with and and their passions and their stories and figuring out a time and a way and a fashion to tell those stories. But we we also have been have been blessed with, and I'm actually recording from uh, a studio space which we have uh, retrofitted from our office space. The <laughs> cat um, which uh, we are able to to shoot uh you know live video you know regular video uh podcasts like this uh you know it, it's going to be able to be uh used for recording music here in the near future as well oh, wow. uh, so we you know have have that luxury and we're actually um you know open to to renting it out to people as well in in the the coming uh you know weeks and months as as we uh, kind of get off the ground and or you know hopefully covid restrictions uh, become lessened, uh, you know, <laughs> God willing. Uh, so, uh, and we, uh, you know, we, we have uh, the personnel who are able and capable to, to tell said stories and we have, you know, platforms to distribute those stories uh, and then we have, we'll have a magazine where we can, uh, you know, sell those stories so we can pay some of our contributors a little bit of money. Yeah. And so a, a lot of it, you know, just starts out with just listening, just basic listening to culture, listening to people, listening to stories and then finding ways to tell those stories. And then, you know, you get into specifics of, okay, so how do we tell the story? When do we tell the story? Uh, do we film this story? Is this something that we could, you know, get over zoom, uh, you know, is a big yeah. pandemic question that people are facing. And so, just finding different ways, being agile and flexible enough to, to, uh, you know, find ways to, to showcase those beautiful, amazing stories that we can.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that. I uh, I've tried to, with the different podcasts that I do, do, do curated content each month and it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to keep up with doing things. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, the fact that you are making an intention to doing it and knowing that, uh, you need a team to, to kind of help you, you create these things is really important. Cause that's been my biggest mistake is just going at this solo. Yeah. Uh, it's it's <laughs> tough
1: Especially when you have a face for radio like me.
0: Yeah, not that is a that is a blatant fabrication. <laughs> you are a very handsome man, and I I've feel just always totally wanted to say that. saying that. Yeah, well, you said it, but I'm going to say negative. <laughs> so um yeah no i think uh i, I like that uh, that you have just kind of moved forward and said this is this is going to be our time to do it you know um you you know have built your team you have you know your plans and, and the things that you want to do to go forward um and and again any be, because we're starting and we started something right now um the pandemic is kind of just an unfortunate circumstance you know to to our situation i can't say that you know i would have started started, uh, you know, I'm glad that we started. The only thing that really was the spike in our heart is we wanted to gather, you know, we wanted to gather in small groups. Um, and, and we didn't want to gather in big gatherings. We wanted to gather in 10, 15, 20 people, but even early on, um, those first few months in March, you know, it just was, it was just not, Not safe to do that. And then it just all kind of spiraled. And, and now here we are almost, um, a year, uh, into, you know, this kind of like weird, uh, nebulous time that we've, that we've sort of spent, um, so, you know, the fact that you are trying to gather community in a safe way um, with the tools that you have and the network that you yeah. have, uh, I think I think is great and is very much what what we did. It was it yeah. was just a matter of like, okay, who do we know uh, that would want to contribute to something and, you know, just having little conversations. Okay, you know, okay, well, what would that look like? And one thing leads to the next and one thing leads to the next and one thing right. leads to the next. And before you know it you've got, you've actually got some momentum.
1: Yeah. And I think a, a lot of it too, I, I should mention So we're, we're setting ourselves up so that we can evolve and change as like, God willing, again, the, the pandemic changes. Uh, I know like, you know, as of the date we're recording this podcast, Biden just announced his plan to get like 200 million vaccines into arms by end of summer. Uh, so, you know, it's possible that we won't be living through this for the the whole year. Um, And we're, we're planning, you know, we're, we're planning for both pos, you know, possibilities, you know, COVID is still a thing. People don't want to gather. And then the possibility that, you know, things will start to open up again, that things will become Mm -hmm. safe again and people will feel safe to gather again. And so, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, you know starting something new, especially starting something new during a global pandemic that hasn't been seen uh, like this for over hundred years, right. is being flexible enough and uh, you know capable enough to evolve on the fly and to uh, you know move on the fly as as is necessary,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that we're actually meeting people where we need to meet them rather than you know, saying, oh, this is where we think you should go rather than, oh, that's where you are. Okay. Well, let's come alongside and, you know, let's do something together.
0: Right. No, I I agree. I love that, uh, that it's just about finding people today. You know, this is where we are. This is where we are today. You know, someone will listen to your podcast. That's who they are today. You know, they'll read the magazine. That's who they are today. And those stories will affect them, you know, how they are, how they are that day, which I think, which I think is really, which is really great. And one of the things that I, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book about proximia and, uh, how kind of how really a lot of how we failed, um, and, and what we've learned from that. Um, but one of the things that I, I talk about in there is, is just the importance of, of having that foundation of knowing that you will have things that are unexpected that will trip you up that you could have never foreseen. Right. Uh, you will have setbacks. You will have people that will tell you that you know it's not a good idea and you should quit. Um, and really, those moments are pivotal to whatever it is you end up doing because even right. if you, even if you do you know, pivot and move to something else. Or if you do, you know, stop and then move forward in a little bit, or if you just keep plowing through no matter what sort of door you walk through, you're going to have results at the other side of it. Um, and, and and no matter where you are, uh, in life, you can take that result and you can create something with it, you know? Yeah. Um, which I, which I think is, which I think is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of like I've been saying, uh, what you create with it is, you know, it's a matter of discussion. Um, you know, we're we're, you know, just listening so that we're we're, you know, being, uh, you know, we're being, uh, we're that we're listening to the, what the culture wants and where the culture's at, and also where certain stories, uh, you know, people really, yeah. um, in culture are at, and you know, tr- seeking to highlight them. Uh, in such a way that uh, you know we're not ignorant of of what's going on. At the same time, you know we want to to paint a broad picture uh, sometimes, right? We d- we yeah. don't want to just say like this this story that is unique and beautiful is not the same story that everyone lives, right? Right. And so we have to be uh, we have to be flexible and agile enough to to recognize that, and we have to be also an, another thing that, you know, people and pastors and churches don't talk about is this, you know, reality that we're going to be wrong sometimes. We were, we are <laughs> not going to, you know, succeed mm-hmm. every time with every story and every like little piece of content that we're, we're seeking to, to put out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's okay. Like that doesn't yeah. mean that we're, you know, a failure as an organization or a company or as persons. It, and in fact, it, it just lifts up the fact that we are persons. Right. Um, You know, and, and we do, you know, we miss the mark sometimes and that is okay. That doesn't mean that we have to like splinter or, you know, just destroy each other. Uh, Like so often happens, uh, you know, in politics and churches and so Mm. many different areas of society. Uh, It doesn't have to be that way. Like we can, we can mess up and there's nothing wrong with saying I messed up.
0: (laughs) Right. So you know. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I love that. that, that's that's great so I want to um I'm asking my last last question I want to ask so let's hop in the DeLorean let's gun into 88 and we're five years ahead where do you see Uncommon Voices Collective in five years where where do you want to be
1: well hopefully on on people's uh, kitchen tables or dining room tables uh, yeah and uh Uh, on people's computers um, across the board and uh, on people's schedules uh, (laughs) through weekly meetings, through, uh, you know, content that we're putting out uh, is now started to, to make, uh, micro communities and groups happen. We're hoping, you know, as pandemic subsides as well to be an incubation uh, place for for different orgs uh, and uh, nonprofits and others uh, who are looking for either office space, studio space, um, or other ways where we can lift each other up. And, um, you know, we, we don't really ask much other than, you know, the plugs for Uncommon Voices, because, you know, we're just trying to make Uh, These things happen. We're trying to contribute to making the world a better place, uh, which, you know, hopefully is the goal of all nonprofits. Uh, But uh, for ours, we're we're really, you know, we're seeking to do that um, by, you know, using our resources, using what we've been given, using the time that we've been given to do that. Um, Yeah. So we're, we're hoping that, uh, you know, we'll we'll be uh, on people's tables, we'll be uh, on their schedules and we'll be in their their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Part of their lives. And that will be a regular thing um, that uh, is continually, you know, evolving and built out and built out and uh, attracting new community partners uh, and people who are interested in in partnering with us on several different levels. Uh, We've got Mm -hmm. a few right now and we're always looking to to expand in whatever ways that uh make sense for us and and said partners so
0: yeah yeah that's awesome. Well, the, the exciting thing about where you all are, are right now is you're on the kind of like that uptick where you're starting to really gain momentum, where you're off the ground, you're, you're doing things, you're putting out things in regular, uh, in regular regularity now. Um, so now is a great time for people to just join in and follow, follow along and to be a part, to help build that momentum, um, and just sort of follow that wave with you. So where are you sending people right now to be able to follow things? And so they can, they can be a part of what you're, what you're building.
1: Yep. So we would uh, send them to our website, which uh, just officially launched today, uh, www.uncommonvoicescollective.com. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and, uh, Buzzsprout as well for our, our podcast or iTunes is, uh, in addition to that, for any of our, uh, podcasts, um, we're going to be launching a couple brand new ones in April as well. Um, cool. and, and so, you know, you can follow us on a number of different platforms, um, but you can find each of those platforms on our website.
0: Awesome. I'll, I'll put links to all that in the show notes as I do. And I'll put links to your, uh, to your stuff. Yeah. You're doing it all. Yeah. I'm
1: trying at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your time with me, man. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and really, just really great job, you know, getting off the ground and, and making this happen and, you know, trying fun. to do something, trying to do something, you know, a little bit crazy, but that you believe in just, it's really awesome, man. So I'm proud of you. Great job. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Super inspiring. And, uh, Cheers to you, man. Hats off to you. Cheers. All right, friends, there you have it. Thank you for tuning into another episode. Thanks to my buddy, Michael Kinsman, for stopping back uh, to the show again. Uh, audio was a little tricky with this one. Uh, still trying to work out how to do these uh, virtual interviews the best way it's possible. So not the highest quality audio uh, as I would like, but uh, hopefully it was uh, bearable for you to get through. And the content that Michael and I touched on was was well worth it. So uh, thanks for sticking with us as we're sort of rolling through, uh, moving through season three and, and kind of just moving, moving along as we go. And uh, I have three guests lined up that I'm so excited uh, to bring to the show. We're going to be talking with uh, Maria French, uh, Kevin Garcia, and Barry Taylor, our next three guests. So we're going to have Maria on. I would like to do an episode about Valentine's. We're going to do a little love episode for Valentine's with Maria. Uh, And uh, Kevin and I are going to have a good chat about heaven. Uh, And I've got a a surprise. I've got something that I've been wanting to share with you all for a while, uh, and I'm going to unveil that in Kevin's episode, so make sure you're around for that if you want to hear the surprise. Uh, And then uh, Barry Taylor, who's one of my professors from Fuller uh, and someone that I just admire on so many levels, uh, him and I are going to be doing an episode on curse words. Let's try I'm going to watch the Netflix documentary, The Uh, The History of Swearing, And uh, Barry and I are going to talk about swear words. So uh, no beat button. So uh, maybe don't listen to that one with the kids or in the car uh, if you're traveling and listen to whiskey and rice. So uh, lots of good things coming up. Make sure you check the show notes for all the stuff uh, with Uncommon Voices Collective and you can follow them. As always, you can find links to follow us in the show notes as well. Uh, And I'm really excited for these new episodes. So uh, let's have the Deep West take us out. Until we meet again, I raise my glass to you. Cheers.